Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Advisors, LLC, GA, and or their investment advisor representatives. I'm Tammy Simpson, a certified financial planner, chartered retirement planning counselor, and accredited domestic partner advisor. And this is Tammy's Two Cents, the podcast. This podcast came about after considering why it would be worth your time for me to add more material into the vast universe of already available financial planning information. Books, newsletters, news shows, blogs, celebrity planning financial gurus, and of course, the internet, where Google is everyone's go-to financial planner. And then I remembered that throughout my life, one of the most valuable things I've ever sought was not information. It was an educated, wise, experienced opinion. And thus was born a reason to throw my two cents into the mix. I've been doing financial planning for over a decade, met with thousands of people, and designed hundreds of personalized financial plans. Don't expect this podcast to be heavy on data. I know data, I love data, I study data, I keep up on data, but this podcast is my educated opinion. In other words, welcome to Tammy's Two Cents, the podcast. Welcome to Tammy's Two Cents. I am Tammy Simpson, and with me today is Tony Shore. How are you doing, Tony? Well, I'm doing great. I've had a really busy week, but that's a good thing, I guess. And not getting into too much trouble that way because I'm so busy. But I know this is a really busy time of year for, for you there, isn't it? Well, I think this is busy for everyone in finance because taxes are, you know, yep. they're simmering away with the, <laughs> the countdown to April 15. Yeah. But yes, indeed. But all is well. That's good. That's good. Uh, and I know you've been, uh, you love meeting with uh, people, meeting with our listeners, and you're regularly meeting with your clients to help them with uh, their finances and retirement income planning, things like that. But it's funny you should mention taxes because that ties into our topic for today, doesn't it? Well, it does because, and the reason I picked it for today is because I'm getting lots of questions about this. Um, you know, whenever people start doing their taxes, uh, they start going, oh my, this is really bad. Um, is there anything I can do? So this question of, you know, should I have more of my money in a Roth uh, is is coming up a lot right now. So I thought, well, let's talk about that. Well, yeah. And a lot of people, when you say a Roth, uh, you're talking about a Roth IRA, and I know I've heard you say Roth conversion. So mm-hmm. explain explain to us what a Roth is, or a Roth IRA, and what a Roth conversion is. Okay, so, and you just brought up a very good point that I was actually going to miss and not mention, because I have had people come, and you'll say to them, well, what is your money invested in? And they'll say, oh, it's in a Roth IRA, or they'll say it's in an IRA. Your money is your money is never invested in a Roth IRA. It's never invested in a IRA. Uh, those terms, Roth, IRA, and IRA, refer to the tax qualification of money. It isn't referring to what it's actually invested in, right? The monies are going to be invested or saved 
in a CD or a savings account or a stock or a bond or a mutual fund or real estate or all kinds of things. So your money is never in a Roth or in an IRA. The money is tax qualified as a Roth or an IRA, but it's invested in something else. Ah, okay. So uh, that's really uh, when you say an IRA or a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, that's just really a tax designation or an IRS designation for the account, right? That's correct. That's correct. It does not describe what you're invested or saving in, um, just the tax status of that money. And people are familiar with IRA. They know that um, they can deposit a certain amount up based on their age and what year it is up to limitations into a IRA account or into a Roth account. And there are some important things people should know if you're participating in a company 401k, 403b plan, even if you're not participating, but one is available to you, there can be limitations on doing individual Roths. Um, I'm sorry, individual IRAs. But so you need to you need to check, you know, with whoever does your taxes and make sure that you're playing by the rules. But the bottom line is that we have an IRA, your basic IRA, IRA account uh, qualified. That is money that you have deposited into that tax qualified account that you did not pay taxes on in the year that you put it there. So if you put five thousand dollars into that tax qualified IRA account in 2020, that's $5,000 that will come right off the top of your taxable income and you will not be paying taxes on it now. And it will grow tax deferred. In other words, whatever it accumulates year by year and gets bigger, you're not going to pay taxes. But eventually when you withdraw that money, you will pay ordinary income taxes on that withdrawal. A Roth is a little bit different because when you make a contribution to a Roth IRA qualified account, it is after tax money. So you don't get to take that off the top of your um, income for the year that's taxable. You have to pay the taxes on that money and then you're going to deposit it into the Roth IRA qualified account. Now, the difference here is that it will now grow. And when you take the withdrawals as the Roth account owner, you will not pay taxes on what you put in, nor will you pay taxes on the growth. So it is a tax-free growth and withdrawal position. And so obviously, um, it's kind of a surprise to people because they spend a lot of time saving and depositing money into their 401ks or 403bs or their IRA accounts, SEPs. They retire. Uh, they roll that 401k, 403b out into a rollover IRA. And then they start to take money out. And every time they take money out, it's taxable. And most people have been expecting their taxes to go down in retirement, and they're not for most people, not, at least the people I work with. Um, their income is staying pretty steady when they retire. So they're going, oh my, I didn't think about the fact that, you know, someday I'd have to pay the piper. Um, so now they've got these very big uh, IRA 
accounts or 403B or 401K and they're coming to me and saying, whoa, you know, is there a way for me to to get get some of this money? Maybe it's a million or two or three million dollars in this IRA tax deferred position that when I'm 72 now, I will need to take out what's called a required distribution. This is a forced withdrawal um, that has to be withdrawn. Is there a way for me to guard against this? Should I move some of this into a Roth? Should I convert some of this into a Roth? And that's what I want to talk about today is if you've got these fairly large um, tax deferred accounts, should you consider converting some or all of that into a Roth IRA qualified account? Right. So basically, when you talk, when you say Roth conversion, uh, you mean taking money from a traditional account like a traditional IRA or maybe even a 401k and converting it into a Roth? Yes. And that's totally different than a Roth con- uh, contribution. Okay. You can make contributions as long as you don't make too much money. There are income limitations to Roth contributions. But every year you could, again, within the rules, deposit or contribute money into a Roth IRA account. That is different than converting. Contributing is new money going into a Roth IRA account. Converting is money that's in a tax deferred account, an IRA account, being converted or switched from that into a Roth. And there are no limitations on the amount you can do. So I've had some people come and say, oh, we can't do that Roth conversion. We make too much money. No, no, no. That's for a Roth contribution. There are no limitations to income for doing conversions. And there are no annual limitations to the amount you convert. So conceivably, you could have $10 million in a IRA account and you could make $10 million a year, but you could convert the entire $10 million in one year from an IRA qualified account to a Roth IRA qualified account. Now, that wouldn't be the most prudent thing to do, but it was just to make the point. There's no limitations on age, on income, or amount wow. um, so, or annually. So basically, um, are there downsides to doing a Roth? Because it seems to me it would be very positive uh, to have a Roth versus a traditional because with a traditional, even though you don't have to pay taxes up front, when you withdraw it in, in retirement, when you really need the money and taxes might be higher, uh, then you're going to have to pay taxes. But with a Roth, uh, not only does it grow tax-free, but you pull it out tax-free. Yeah, there's there's some huge advantages. Obviously, down the road, there are some painful experiences to do it, though, uh, because in <laughs> sure, you know. so that would be a downside is is actually converting from a tax uh, a tax deferred account into this uh, taxed account. You'd have to pay taxes on it now. That's correct. So any amount that I decided to convert, let's say I have a million dollars in my four hundred one k my company plan, I retire, I roll that money into a rollover IRA. 
I decide, you know what, I don't want a million dollars in this tax-deferred position. I would like to convert some of this. Well, if you decide to convert the entire million in one year, that entire million will become ordinary income to you in the year you convert it. So obviously most people are, you know, smart enough to go, that's not a good idea. So often what we have to do is sit down and say, okay, first of all, let's make sure it does make sense to you. And we'll talk about that in a mo- in a minute, but we're certainly not going to do this all at once. We're going to pick out a target amount. Maybe we don't do the whole million. Maybe we decide to try to get half of this into a Roth position. And then maybe we decide to try to get that 500000 into a Roth IRA account, not over the next year, but maybe it's over five years or maybe it's over 10 years. Um, if, if someone is coming to me and they're like 62 years old, maybe we want to take a look and say, well, required minimum distributions are not going to be required for 10 years until you're 72. Maybe we should look at this next 10-year window and say, how much, if any, of your tax-deferred accounts do we want to, to move to a Roth and over what period of time? And that is working. We need to work in harmony with your tax preparer, your CPA, and me, your advisor, and the client to figure out what's the most advantageous. Because if we can do that in a way to not bump you into the next uh, highest marginal tax rate, um, we would like to do that, right? Right. Well, (laughs) I I assume then it's really important to look at everybody's situation is unique, as you're always saying. It's important to look at who who should do one and who shouldn't. Exactly. So people ask me that all the time. Should I do that? And, you know, I had some clients in here last week and he's retiring in about three months. They have $3 million in tax deferred accounts. They are going to begin utilizing that $3 million almost immediately for their replacement cash flow because he's no longer earning a paycheck. So we're going to need that $3 million to generate let's say three or 4% a year for him and his wife to take his cash flow. And he's saying, but I really want to convert a million of this to Roth. Well, the problem with that is that during that conversion time, which we don't, wouldn't want to do it all at once, we would have to do it over time, maybe even five, six, seven years, that million dollars that we're in the process of converting really isn't available to him to use it to generate cash flow. And so for him, for someone who is immediately going to start using these accounts, it can be less advantageous to do a Roth conversion at that time. So it's better if we have a tax-deferred IRA account that we're not going to be using for a period of time. Sure. So we can do that. So that's, that's one of the reasons. The other reason it may not be advantageous to do this is while I did say that most of my clients are experiencing that their taxes are not going down when they retire, there are people whose taxes do indeed go down. And if your tax rate is going to go down when you retire, then you do need to say, well, is this prudent for me to do it while I'm working and have this higher income, right? So there are, this is one of the reasons 
why you just don't want to take on its face. Oh, it's way better to have money that is going to grow tax free and and I can use it untaxed and there's no required RMDs. You do want to work with someone who can really look at your situation and all the different components and things it might affect and say, in your particular situation, you should be... Um, you should do a part of your IRA or you should do none of your IRA or you should do it over a certain period of time. Um, it's, it's not necessarily a simple answer to that question because um, it isn't in everybody's best interest. However, Tony, I will say this. Due to the SECURE Act that just passed, this is becoming, uh, people should look at it who haven't looked at it. And the reason for that being I'm not sure if people are aware, a lot of people are, that when you uh, turn 72, you have to start withdrawing money from your tax-deferred accounts. It's called the required minimum distribution. It used to be that if I had a big uh, tax-deferred account and I uh, died and my spouse inherited it, they could continue to take those small withdrawals. And if sh if my spouse died and our kids got it, they could continue to take these even smaller withdrawals based on their age over their life. It was called the stretch IRA. This is no longer available um, as of January 1 of this year. So our kids, when they get these accounts, have to withdraw this money over 10 years. This is huge. People, uh, I don't think people have any concept how this is going to ding and damage their, um, their the lifetime wealth that they've built up because literally almost half, if not half, of their money at their death will go to taxes. So this is making Roth converting uh, a more serious consideration because it's it is not taxable to our kids when they inherit these large tax-deferred accounts. Okay, so uh, it depends. I, I assume age plays a part in it uh, because if somebody wants to access the money um, from a Roth, it still has the 59 and a half rule, right? Yeah, so now age does not play a part in doing a conversion. Sure. Sure. You can do a conversion at any age. Oh, it that's can be good. Four, 49, right? Right. So it does not play a part in doing a conversion, and that's also something that gets confused. But like IRA, regular old IRA, Roth IRAs, you must be 59 and a half to withdraw and use the money without a tax penalty on earnings. You can always get your contributions out tax and penalty free. You can also avoid the 10% penalty with a qualified distribution like permanently disabled or first-time home buyer. Now, Roth is even a little bit more complex because in order, you have to satisfy two rules to be able to withdraw your money from a Roth. On an IRA, you just simply have to be 59 and a half. On a Roth, you have to be 59 and a half and you have to have had a Roth for five years. Right. So if you deposit your first Roth money at the age of 58, when you're 59 and a half, you still have to wait five years from when you from the year you made that deposit to be able to utilize that money. 
Now, what's interesting, this is also gets confused with a Roth contribution. Let's say I make my very first Roth contribution in 2015. And then I keep making Roth contributions, maybe even to different Roth accounts that I've established in different places. Five years after my first Roth contribution, I am now, I can access all of my Roth accounts, even if one of them I just opened in 2019. The clock starts ticking on Roth contributions for all of them the year I deposit my very first Roth money. It could be 50 bucks. So if I had put 50 bucks in a Roth in uh, 2015, the clock started ticking for every Roth contribution account I would ever do for the rest of my life. Now, when I do a conversion, though, that clock doesn't count. Roth conversions have their own clock, and it's a five-year clock for every year you make a conversion. So if I convert 50000 this year in 2020, I have to wait five years to use that money in the interest it earned. If I do another 50,000 next year in this conversion, there's a five-year clock on that money. Every year that I do conversions, not contributions, I start a clock that has to tick. So you can see where that could be just a little bit, um, that's a little bit uh, confusing. You have to keep (laughs) records. Yeah. So when, (laughs) when I ask the question, how do I do a Roth conversion? Uh, you need to work with a financial professional whom you trust, someone like yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, yes. I think that's the best answer. So, yes. so you know, you've, you pointed out earlier some of the benefits of a Roth. Are there alternatives to doing a Roth conversion? Well, yes. And, you know, I have done another podcast um, on the tax, tax-advantaged life insurance. Um, I really love utilizing tax-advantaged Uh, cash accumulation life insurance policies. I would just refer people to go listen to that podcast or talk to me when they come into the office. But I think um, that is a really uh, viable alternative. It has some things that I prefer over a Roth account. It has some things I don't prefer over a Roth account, but it is definitely another option Uh, People are not aware that in some cash value life insurance uh, policies, you can make contributions beyond what the cost of the insurance is. And those excess contributions uh, can be put in a savings or investment uh, account within that policy. And they, they also grow uh, in an untaxed way and can be then withdrawn uh, through the use of a loan. Um, And people can access the growth on that money through a loan without, again, paying taxes. So it can be a very interesting and strong alternative. It's way, way too much to add onto this podcast. But like I say, there's already one on it. So people could go and look at Uh, listen to that podcast, but I think it's a very uh, useful alternative. 
Yeah, well, yeah, it is. That sounds like a good alternative to a Roth conversion. And it's good to know that there are options. And like you said earlier, everybody's situation is different. So uh, one strategy may work better for someone than another. Uh, and that's why you have to sit down with somebody and get to know them and where they're at and what their goals are. Uh, and everybody's situation is different. Now, I know that you'd love to sit down and talk with our listeners out there. Uh, if somebody's listening to this on the website or somewhere on the web or the podcast that maybe they subscribe to it um, and they have questions, I know you're offering a complimentary, no cost, no obligation consultation. Is that correct? That's true. I always do that. Anybody who's never met with me can get an hour of my time in the office, bring all their questions, and we can get acquainted and see if uh, there's any any value in us continuing working in a planning relationship. It's really easy, though, if you're listening to this podcast and you have a question or something was unclear, you can go to Tammy'sTwoCents.com, and that's T-A-M-I-S, the number two, C-E-N-T-S dot com. That'll take you right to my podcast page on our webpage. And there's right there where you can type in a question and that question will come directly to me. And um, so you can also just ask a question that way. You can um, ask for more information. You can ask for an appointment. You can ask for a phone call. So that's probably the best thing to do is just go to Tammy's Two Cents.com and then type in your question or request, and we'll get right back to you. All right. Well, that sounds great. And Tammy, is there anything else you want to add before we go today? Nope. I think that's that's probably enough. Every time we finish yeah. it, every time we finish these, Tony, I think, oh my gosh, my eyeballs are floating uh, just in circles, <laughs> spinning around. And and I think sure. I hope everyone who is listening um, at least understood a little bit of it. Right. I try to make oh, yeah. it clear. Oh, I think it was very clear. And there's a lot to know, though, like you say, about Roths and Roth conversions especially. But listeners, thanks for tuning in. That does it for today's episode of Tammy's Two Cents with our host, Tammy Simpson. I'm Tammy Simpson, and you've been listening to Tammy's Two Cents, the podcast. I believe one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself and your family is financial planning taking time to intentionally and purposefully create a plan for your money. I hope these podcasts inspire you to do just that. Get more information at Tammy'sTwoCents.com. If you haven't yet, go to iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify and subscribe to this podcast. Join me next week for another Tammy's Two Cents podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Tammy Simpson offers investment advisory services through Gradient Advisors, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 877-885-0508, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Gradient Advisors, LLC, and its advisors do not render tax, legal, or accounting advice. Wealth Financial Group West Inc. is not a registered investment advisor and is not an affiliate of Gradient Advisors, LLC. Insurance products and services are offered through Tammy Simpson, independent agent. Wealth Financial Group West Inc., Tammy Simpson, and Gradient Advisors, LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.